the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of Eye on Real Estate, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back with two of my favorite people, Stephen E. Ebert, our real estate legal expert, and Stephen Moranis, who have been a friend of mine probably for, I don't know, 25, 30 years, had one of the biggest companies in Canada, still does. And um, we're here to talk about, there was a, an article, it said bombshell multi-billion dollar commission suit, now a class action. Now we're talking about the United States and Canada, so do you guys want to take it from there? Yeah, absolutely. Stephen, th- thanks for joining us. If, if you want to start off and you know tell, tell our listeners about what you're seeing on this issue in Canada, then I can circle back on what's going on in the U.S., yeah, and uh, what just got certified in the U.S. on Wednesday is there's a parallel action uh, going to basically it's been challenged by the Canadian Real Estate Association, which, in fact, the National Association of Realtors in the U.S. challenged it. Uh, you know, it's 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 about two years older, uh, an action in the U.S., and they challenged it. The industry challenged it. Um, And it relates to the long-established compensation structure that underpins, you know, American and Canadian real estate brokerage industry, where on multiple listing, sellers are sort of obligated through MLS rules and policies to offer the commission to the buyer's agent. So there's a lot of implications on agency law, representation, disclosures with respect to that. It kind of is counterintuitive. Should the seller be paying the buyer agent their fees to basically beat you up to sell your house? I mean, that's sort of rhetorical question. The damages could be in the billions, tens and tens of billions of dollars in the U.S., and the class, basically, Stephen, is everyone who sold the house back to 2015 who were forced to pay and offer a commission to the buyer's agent. That is the quantum of the damages. And, um, you know, what the ultimate result might be is commissions will be um, separated so um, that buyers will pay their own agents to help them find a house. And sellers will do the same. Multiple listing will maybe just be a um, a marketplace where there aren't commissions offered from sellers to buyers agents. And, um, you know, that sort of is going to run its way, you know, run its course over the next little while. But these 
class actions are certified now in the U.S. and are going to go to trial. I think one is going to a jury trial in the fall. Let me just say this, Stephen and Dottie. There's a million and a half realtors in the U.S. There's 150,000 in Canada. These are good, hardworking people who are, you know, basically, who are you know strong in their communities all they're trying to do is help people buy and sell houses um and work hard and smart to earn a living so i don't think these are the people who cause the problems it's the leadership of organized real estate and these mls boards i mean the the dichotomy is mls's are unregulated by state and provincial regulators agents get licensed and regulators are supposed to oversee the trading activities in their state and province and they don't and these mls's run like private clubs and that's you know that's the sort of thing that just doesn't connect well wait a second let me go ahead Stephen, and then i i have my two cents to say about this yeah yeah so so a few things i totally agree with you i mean i can tell you every day we work with very hardworking, knowledgeable and very helpful real estate agents uh, in New York and in other areas around the country. And I totally agree with your sentiment as to the agents. I want to be clear for everyone who's listening, what just happened this week in the case in Northern Illinois was just what we call class action certification. This decision has nothing to do with the merits of the case. It's not a decision of liability. What it says is that the plaintiffs bringing the case are similarly situated enough such that it can be one group in one case as opposed to each homeowner bringing the case. So I want to be clear. So that's in other words, certified. instead of having 15 doesn't mean that million win. it doesn't mean that it means that they won't have 15 million people doing their own case. But the way Co- it works correct. now. And, and, and okay. if, I, if I can just finish on that point, Dottie, just on the class certifications, sure. a lot of times people are used to seeing this. And one warning that I give a lot of people on this, but, you know, and I don't want to knock my own profession, but for a second, usually the big winners in a class action lawsuit are the plaintiff's attorneys. Uh, there's usually huge fees that go out. And, and, the, and the remedy for a lot of the homeowners you know, usually is not all that large. Um, I want to point that out. But let me go to your question that I want to fill in some things that we see on the legal side in some of these agreements and so forth and how, and how they um, okay. boil out. I just want to break it down to layman terms, which I think most of our listeners know. If you go to a broker, normally that broker is going to go through their MLS listings and there's a listing broker that's the person that actually listed the house and has a contract with the seller. Then there are selling agents who uh, sell them, okay? And so, 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 and basically, they usually split the the fee, whatever the commission is. Usually, and I'm not saying that always, but usually. Whatever the total fee of commission is, is usually split between the the selling broker and the listing broker. Uh, now, why do they have a problem with that? Or they don't have a problem with that? Well, well Daddy, I, I want to point out a couple more things, just the background, just so people are aware. Number one, 
your license as a real estate agent comes from the state that right. you operate in. If you want to be a realtor, and that is a um, tr trademark logo and so forth, that's a trade organization, right? As a lawyer, I'm a member of the New York State Bar Association. I'm also licensed in other states. Voluntarily, I can join the New York City Bar Association, the Westchester County Bar Association, and so forth. They are completely optional and have nothing to do with my license. Want to be very careful. And this is, I think, one of the things that I find troubling is what's mandated by law, which being a licensed professional, by the way, these agents take hours and hours of mandatory continuing education every year. I know because I teach some of it on all, a variety of topics for their professionalism, which is different than how these MLS boards are. You can participate. Not all jurisdictions have it. And by the way, if everyone listening, Manhattan doesn't have a real MLS. We have listing service, but it's not a real multiple listing service. Well, it's Rebney. It's the Real Estate Board of New York. And, Correct, uh, but you don't well, have to be a member. There are brokerages that aren't a member of it. Some are, some aren't. Element is obviously a member. The, the prominent companies are. But, you know, it's interesting is it's not required. And, and so... I think one of the things that I find troubling with this lawsuit is they're mixing up mandatory and optional license versus trade association. And look, if we want to switch our model to have buyers pay half of the commission, well, guess what, everybody? If you're talking about the affordability of housing, you can't uh -huh. generally finance closing costs. So that 3% all of a sudden overnight that is going to be non-financeable, and buyers are going to have to pull that money out of their pockets. And what does that mean for people affording to buy a new home? Okay, but well, let's break it down. So, guys, so that the average person, because this is kind of complicated, so um, I'm going to try to make this easy. So, generally, you're going to pay a commission, and that commission that you pay, that total number, is split between the the listing broker and the selling broker in however their agreement is. Now, if you're going to get a separate broker who is your broker who is a buyer's broker, and now if you have a buyer's broker, just understand this, a buyer's broker is paid to, to represent the buyer. When you go to the MLS and you're a buyer and you buy any MLS listing, anybody that's on an MLS ser service is really working for the seller, not the buyer. If you want to get a person to work specifically for you, you would have to then get a buying broker, okay, and work out some fee with them, and then they would usually call the selling broker and see if they can work things out. Um so this would this is kind of looking at each person having their own representation. Well, well, Dottie, if I could just add, your points are all correct, but you know some of the issues that the FTC and DOJ are looking at. You as a seller um, are basically mandated to offer whatever the commission that your seller's agent is suggesting you have to offer. To the buyer's agent you as a seller never interview that agent you don't know what they're doing for you you're paying the freight 
and the buyer likewise doesn't know what um, and this is sort of changing doesn't know exactly what their agent is getting paid by the seller so you know the question is is there issues with respect to agent representation disclosure and all those kinds of things and it's even you know people are even taking a look i know in canada certain provinces have now outlawed double ending or you know sort of dual representation so you know dotty two different agents at element couldn't even be involved in british columbia on the same transaction um there'd have to be a completely standalone brokerage remax or century 21 who was on the other side because of sort of the agency relationship and i think well, many, i mean that's you- being sort of discussed and and debated well this has been debated yeah, no, a while just- i'll give you an example if you if i listed a property okay and i'm the listing broker and now i find a buyer as the listing broker that wants to buy now i'm working as the listing broker and representing the seller but now this buyer comes in i'm really not representing him okay. uh so but you're paying that- but but you're paying him i, I mean the fundamental sort well, of question the blo- go ahead steve but uh- I want to say one thing because you mentioned a very good point earlier on in what the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and the U.S. Department of Justice, the DOJ, were making an assertion, which is not true. They're saying people don't know how much the agents are being paid. That's, I'm sorry, that's baloney. Baloney on multiple levels. Number one, when you hire an agent, you don't have a phone call and say, sure, run an open house. You are signing an exclusive with them. And by the way, and, and this is directed towards the DOJ and the, the FTC, um, by the way, are these agents being paid a retainer? I mean, think about this for a second. If you're going to go hire a lawyer or an accountant or you're going to pay for a service, you pay for it. You have people who are spending their time, their marketing dollars, on just the hopes that a deal is put together, on the framework of the deal on the pricing of the deal it's agreed to, that a homeowner is not required to accept if it comes in lower than that. And in it, they have a commission. And on top of that, before clients sign a contract, you see it in New York City, you see a term sheet with the percentages. In other parts of the country, the brokerage commission percentages are actually written to the contract, and people see it before they sign. So for, that, for the Justice Department or FTC to say that, oh, people have no idea, they know. I mean, there's no like secret that they're not that they're going to pay something later on. No, Stephen. Let me ask you this hypothetical question: If you, if I'm a seller and you're my agent, and you say, "Here's the MLS listing. This is what I'm charging, and I think we should offer this to the buyer's agent to create an incentive," and I say, "I don't want to. I want to offer zero." you realize that position will not allow you to get your house on MLS everywhere in North America because the industry has put rules in place. It can't be zero. And, you know, and in fact, there is um, uh, influence um, sort of by the seller's agent. If you don't offer 3%, if that's the norm, no one's going to show your house. And that leads to those other issues of steering where agents aren't showing properties that are offering lower commissions. So that's sort of like the scuttlebutt that is sort of, you know, drilling down to the street level. And I, obviously they got to prove that this is, in fact, uh, impactive with respect to 
um, you know, that the commissions are bundled. Well, I'm going to I'm going to move away for the term steering, because obviously yeah. that has a fair housing connotation, too. But number okay. one, I think anybody who does work deserves to be paid. Right. That's not so a controversial I. thing. And so, you know, this is where maybe you can talk about what should be disclosed and explained up front. And I'm all for information. And I do think and this is where I've seen rules evolve where maybe the explanations are more detailed and careful. And I, and I very much support that so people understand it. But look, you can get different levels of services, and we've seen these companies fail, right? We've seen companies like Purple Bricks or Foxton's that made a push into certain markets, very low fees, but low service. And, we don't, and they disappeared because that's not what the market wanted. And, and I think... If you know, you can also, by the way, not have a property listed on the MLS, right? You, you can work with the broker that says, "Look, we're going to advertise in the newspaper and work out some customized transaction." So I, I think you know they're, they're they're punishing a system that works. I agree that there are individual cases where you've seen some agents really maybe not cooperate the same way. Um, and there's some individual cases, but I think you're going to upend a market in a very, yeah, very bad way. And this has, and how are we going to deal with appraisals? If all of a sudden you modify closing costs, you're going to tweak, um, you're going to tweak valuations, and this is going to affect lending and affordability and closing costs. Okay, I mean, guys, I don't think they realize the mess they're getting into. No, I don't think so, but I just want to break this down because it really is very confusing to people. So let me just put it in layman's terms. If you're selling your house and you decide to use a broker and you decide not to do it on your own, which you can if you choose to, you go and meet with that broker, you discuss the contract, you discuss the length of the contract. Gee, this is going to be three months, it's going to be six months, it's going to be one year. You discuss the commission amounts, so whether it's five or it's six or it's four, um, sometimes the listing brokers might say, you know what, I think that we should stand out in the crowd and we should offer a bonus for the selling broker. These are all things that when you sit with this, when you go to sell your house, you sit with a broker and you discuss this. It's not just a guessing game. You also discuss, hopefully, well, and if you don't, then you should. Okay, if I'm taking this listing at 6%, What's the selling broker going to get? The total is 6%. Well, usually they split it. Usually it's three and three. I'm not saying always, but it's not that somebody just blindly, like you said, Steve, just calls up and says, list my house. I mean, it's a contract. And so, therefore, you really, they don't hide anything. I mean, you discuss it, and you mutually, as a seller and working with a good broker, discuss things together and come up with a mutual decision. Well, exactly. And Dottie, look at today. One thing, today is when that Los Angeles 5.5%, 4 or 5.5% transfer tax went to effect. If I'm a seller, I would tell my agent, I'll pay an extra 1% if you can close before the new tax went into effect. You know, that's part of negotiating a business deal. It is, and I think we're going to next week try to maybe Steve will come back on and Steven, both Stevens, 
because it's very complicated on the air to, to explain this. But in my professional opinion, as Stephen Moranis said, that nobody snowballs you. you. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back New York State Senator Kirsten Gillibrand to discuss the hot-button issue of protecting Social Security for seniors. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday at 2.30 with an encore at 9 on AM 970, The Answer. Is God obsolete? Do you think religion is good for the world? It only causes troubles and war. Our culture is shifting ever closer to atheism or irreligion. Today, the fastest growing religion is no religion at all. Our fight in this world is not against Islam, it's against religion. In the new movie, Irreligious Nation, my family and I travel to Israel to explore our faith and examine how lack of religion, disconnection, and cynicism affects culture and society worldwide. Should we be paying any attention to faith? Is faith important? If God exists, is he even relevant today? Is it really objective truth? Or is it true to say everyone has their own truth? Why are we losing our religion? You may need to read the Bible, but I know right from wrong. These people who say, I don't need faith, I can be a good person, can they? Does religion even matter? Watch Irreligious Nation at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mike Gallagher. Join me on an amazing journey through Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are going back to the Holy Land for the Stand with Israel Tour, along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Imagine a personal impact from exploring Jerusalem, Galilee, the Dead Sea region, and so much more. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. StandWithIsraelTour.com. AM 97, The Answer. This is Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, host of I Own Real Estate on AM 970, The Answer. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I have to tell you about. And I have. Okay, I have tried many products that have been on the market for many years. And if you know me, I am a big skin buff. I mean, I, I, I have every product. I've tried every product. That's why I'm so excited about hemp leaf. The vanilla passion skin is soft and the scent is so calming. The feeling on my skin is just amazing. It's not at all greasy and I can feel my skin perking up the moment I put it on. The black soap, while maybe looks less than inviting, was the most amazing surprise. It's smooth and creamy and made my skin feel soft and totally hydrated. I'm really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. I would never put anything on my body that I wouldn't put in it. So visit them at www.hempleaf.com. That's www.hempleaf, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. And if you enter the word Dottie on the back, you will receive a 10% discount. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I, of the topic that we were talking about, 
I don't know. I, I'm just listening to it, and I've been in the business a long time. And, of course, like I always say, there's a, there are bad doctors, there are bad teachers, there are bad every profession. But for the most part, I really see realtors, as, as Stephen said, very hardworking. And basically, as a seller, when you sell your home, you are contracting with a, you, you are signing a contract. Unless you decide to do it yourself or you give what they call an open listing. That means I'm not signing with any broker. I'm just giving the information out to brokers and whoever sells it, sells it. But then no one is really representing you. So when you sign that contract, make sure that you ask the questions. And obviously you have to fill in, the. you know, when you sign it, you're going to know the commission. And you're going to agree to that commission or not agree to that commission. Um, you're going to decide how long you're going to give that broker a contract. Um, I would always ask the broker that you're listing with, please furnish me with a marketing plan. What are you going to do to market my home besides put it on MLS? What type of marketing things are you going to do? Um, and you still, um, Stephen, you still, you know, you still really are informed and you know the split because they you know then you you're going to ask the split of what the selling what the listing broker is going to get and usually the listing broker usually splits it in some cases they don't in some cases maybe if you have a hard to sell house or they want to maybe set you apart they might even say hey would you consider giving a bonus to the selling broker but at the end of the day this is not done behind your back this is done with you sitting in front of them discussing it completely. You are signing a contract in most cases. And all my advice to you is don't sign anything that you really don't understand. Okay? But um, I've been working with MLSs for years and uh, I, you know. Well, Dottie, those are all good points. Let me, let me just sort of, I've looked at this issue very closely and NAR has done some good things. They basically have agreed to uh, sort of force that the amount of commission offered to the buyer broker is now uh, published on their public website. So, yes, that's a good move. Uh, unfortunately, when a commission class action gets certified, and, and Stephen, you'd know this better than me, you know, when you go to court, you never know what the outcome is. You know, a lot of lawyers will say, well, at the best, it's 50-50. You know, the industry is, is a group of private clubs. It's a trade association. In Canada, the average agent pays about 1500 a year to belong to a local MLS, the provincial um, uh, real estate association, and the national association. It's probably the same in the U.S. So there's 150,000 people who pay... 1500 which is like 225 million you know multiply that by 10 in the u.s there is so hard-working realtors but, are paying but, about listen to me for one sec are paying about 2.5 billion for their for their sort of trade association per uh, state and local fees and you know my advice to realtors would be speak to your mls president speak to your NAR directors, because, you know, once a, an, an action gets certified, you should try to settle it. So to try to keep some semblance of how the industry has been working, and I agree, in many respects, it works well, and there is proper disclosure. 
But if the industry has crossed the line with respect to the Sherman Act or antitrust or any of that stuff, do you want to let it roll, you know, play out in court with a jury trial um, no. and, and it gets resolved? So, you know, my mm-hmm. advice to the industry in both Canada and the U.S. is try to settle this thing, clean well, up what needs to be cleaned up and, and, and carry on. Well, usually in the U.S. it's different than Canada because when you when you 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 agree to to do uh, you agree to kind of do arbitration within within you know you when you sign you agree if there's a discrepancy that you go through arbitration. So it's not that people are going to go out there and sue unless somebody really did something damage damaging. But I'm not sure what the point of everything is. I mean, I just think that as I tell everyone. If you're signing a listing, know what you're signing, okay? Um, And and can I tell you, Stephen brought one other good practical point. Regardless of this issue, and I didn't know about the 5.5% sort of, I guess that's a land transfer tax in L.A. or whatever. In You know, we've got in Canada land transfer tax. In the city of Toronto, uh, you pay roughly 4%. So if you buy a, a house for $2 million dollars, you're going to pay 80000 on closing. And, and the, the point I'm making, that's all outside of your financing. Um, and I think that, you know, whether it's Freddie Mae or Freddie Mac, or uh, people have to at least the direct costs relating to closing a transaction should be covered in your financing. Whether the commission, you know, to the buyer's agent comes, you know, in that bundle of other costs when you close a house, I, I think that's reasonable, and that's something that may possibly be considered to be updated. Well, we'll continue talking about this, but at this moment in time, I don't, again, I haven't seen it here as a major problem um, at this point in time, um, but we'll follow it and we'll keep you informed. And thank you for being on our show, Stephen, and come back up and keep us give us the latest outlooks or, or, or things. But right now, I think... Uh, I don't see this being a big change. I mean, that's just my opinion. I think it's going to be the way it is uh, for a while. And just as I always tell you, stay informed. Most people at home is their biggest investment. So do the proper homework, okay? Deal with a reputable agency, okay? And if there's any problem, then call the manager up or call the company up. But I don't, I do this, you know, I've been doing this 30 years. I very rarely see too many problems. So I guess my view is different, but we're all entitled to our own views. Um, with that, I would like to introduce, and thank you, Stephen. hope you'll come on soon again. Um, my special guest, Matt Munster, he's a licensed contractor, and he sees every home project, whether he's ripping apart dated bathrooms using the latest construction technology or completely gutting his own kitchen as a chance to use his clever ideas to achieve great design while integrating earth-friendly elements. Matt earned his degree in interior design from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Um, he originally got his feet with designing restaurants, and I can go on and on and on. Okay, um, he transforms boring bathrooms into fantastic ones on DIY's network bath crashes and bath-tastic series. Okay, and as I can tell you, kitchens and bathrooms sell houses. So, good, well, I say good afternoon, Matt, and we're Hello. thrilled to have you on. 
Okay. Thanks for so having me. Shoot, yeah, hi. Because that's what sells houses, kitchens and bathrooms. So what are you when you when you see properties and you want someone to maybe remodel? Now that's mm -hmm. kind of a hard question. How much does a bathroom <laughs> remodel cost? Well, it would be depends on the house, I would assume. But well, yeah, I mean it's hard to put a dollar amount on that. It's kind of a uh, well, you want you want a car? I've got what? an '84 Buick that runs real nice, or there's this Maserati over here, and they both get you from point A to point B, but one's a little bit different experience. So um, it's tricky. Like, you, there's so many things to take into consideration when you try to establish a budget. I hate to do it for someone, but I like. I think it's important as a designer to do it alongside someone because that's going to guide the whole process. Right, and get a, an idea of how much they want to spend, and try to work yeah. within those guidelines. Um, now, obviously, if you have mold or anything like that, I mean, you don't really have a choice. You better fix it. Okay, um, but what's the difference if someone asked you, gee, mm -hmm. Matt, what's the difference between a bathroom renovation opposed to a bathroom remodel? What would you tell them? I would say a remodel is largely cosmetic. Um, you're gonna, you're, it's almost like glazing the surfaces of your, of your bathroom with a, a fresh finish. It could be a tile upgrade, it could just be Something simple as paint and some new fixtures. But um, a remodel, to me, the definition is kind of a down-to-the-studs re-examination of the space. You mean and taking the walls out? Taking, I mean, we took walls down. We bought it into adjacent spaces. I tried to make the space as big as I could because right. I, what I, what I experienced, I think, remodeling bathrooms for so long is, it's to me, it's the most unique room in your whole house. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a getaway. It's an experience. It's locked away. It's not part of the open floor concept. It's, it's kind of landlocked and a, a, an escape. And that's kind of where design started for me in the bathroom was. If I had a little more square footage to play with, I could start designing kind of experiences. Forget about amenities and forget about finishes and colors and, you know, the aesthetic. I focused in on a user experience. And I kind of designed the space around achieving that, that outcome. Okay, we really want to hear about this because, again, whether you're buying or selling a bathroom is so important. We have a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Inflation is pushing up the cost of just about everything, food, gas, clothing. But life insurance, which thanks to inflation you need now more than ever, actually costs less today than it did a few years ago. Now is the time to get the insurance you need at a price you can afford. Call SelectQuote now and we'll help you save more than 50% on term life insurance. 
In a hurry? Don't worry. With SelectQuote, you can get up to $2 million in instant, same-day coverage with no medical exam. That's right. Get up to $2 million in instant, affordable, same-day coverage with no medical exam in under an hour. Call SelectQuote now at 1-800-507-2266. That's 1-800-507-2266. Or go to SelectQuote.com now and get up to $2 million in instant, same-day coverage with no medical exam. That's 1-800-507-2266. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. This is Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman and host of Ion Real Estate on AM 970, The Answer. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I just have to tell you about. I have tried so many products that have been on the market for many years. So that's why I'm so excited about Heavleaf. The Vanilla Passion Skin Cream is soft and the scent is calming. The feel on my skin, well, it's just amazing. It's not at all greasy, and I can feel my skin perking up the moment I put it on. The black soap, while may look less than inviting, was the most amazing surprise. It was smooth and creamy and made me, made me feel great. It made my skin feel so soft and hydrated. I am really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. I would never put anything on my body that I wouldn't put in it. So visit them at www. Hempleaf.com. That's www.hempleaf.com. Okay, so now we're back with Matt Munster. Is that how I'm saying it right? Is it Munster? Yes. Uh, Matt, tell us about the TV shows you have been on. Sure. So I started very early on. I did a couple of episodes of an old HGTV show called Decorating Sense, which got me into this. And then um, I got cast on the show called Bathtastic, which focused in uh, bathroom remodels. I did five seasons, 65 episodes of that. And then yes, uh, Bath Crashers, which was a, yeah, Bath Crashers was a big series. That was 12 seasons and another 160 episodes. But stuff with Ellen DeGeneres and a few other cool specials, too. So I've, got, I've been lucky. How did you become the bathroom renovation expert? Like, how did that all happen for you? It's <laughs> oh, uh, a crazy story. Life. What? It's a crazy story. I'm bat. I'm bat Matt to a lot of people, and um, 
it started, I was a designer. I was sitting at my desk working in, uh, at an architecture firm and my phone rang. And someone had a bathroom show green lit and didn't have a host. And I somehow ended up on a, in a pile of another, a bunch of auditions. And as a kid, a farm kid from Wisconsin that never wanted to be on TV, three <laughs> days later I had my own TV show. Wow, so just like I that. Was, I'm, a, I'm, a prime, I'm a prime example of take it till you make it. But I did. The luck, the oh, luck I love I, that. I, I, I've never been on camera at that point, but I, I knew the subject matter. I mean, my degrees in this, and I could talk intelligently about it. So uh, I just kept doing it over and over again until I got better, like anything. And luckily, they gave me the opportunity to keep doing it. So here I am. And you know what? You are inspirational because you did something that you really had never did before. Like you really had never been on TV before, and all of a sudden, there you are, and you just did it. Okay. You're the death by it. <laughs> and I always tell people, it. you have to get out of your comfort zones. So if you Absolutely. were giving advice, yes, that's the only way you grow. If you were giving advice, what do you think is the most important thing when you're doing a bathroom remodel? Oh, the most important thing? Honestly, this might sound like a cop-out, but it is the most important thing. This, you've got to do whatever you do well. This isn't a living room where we can hang some curtains and grab some new pillows and make it pretty. Every part of this room needs to perform. And the consequences of it not performing are kind of grave. Whenever we introduce water, whether actually just water running down a drain, vapor, steam from a shower, water inside a house is kind of the house's kryptonite, right? We need that room to... They need exhaust systems to get the steam out of the room. You want to make sure all your plumbing, once it's behind the walls, really hard to fix. Got to get all of that stuff done well. And that means, honestly, sometimes as a DIYer, admitting where your weaknesses are and biting the bullet and bringing in a pro. There's a lot of things we can do on our own. We can tile. We can paint. We can do a lot of work. But pipes behind walls, ventilation, things along these lines, it really, really needs to work in a bathroom. And um, I will share, not to get into it, but I know that uh, one of my family members used somebody who said that they, you know, that they were in construction and could do a bathroom. And I, I think it's about five months and it's still of the construction and there was a million mistakes. So you need yes. to really look up somebody who specializes in this, you know, I mean, anybody can say they do it. Um what is the what what is the most unique request that you have ever received? <laughs> um, oh my God, we tried. I mean, it was a TV show, right? So we got to kind of swing for the fences, and I never wanted to bore anyone. But it goes back to like designing around experiences. I remember there's a homeowner in Seattle, and you know, Starbucks. The birth of Starbucks happens in Seattle. They wanted they wake up in the morning. First thing they want to do is have a cup of coffee. And so we had designed an espresso bar into the, into the bathroom. Wow. <laughs> and that's where we get into, like, now you're in the three-dimensional chess part of design. Really good design is like an interaction with more than just your sense of sight, right? So anytime we can introduce sound or smell or anything into an experience that we have with a space, our brain builds connections with that space and we crave it. So if the smell of espresso first thing in the morning brightens your day, gets you going, I want to design a space and experience around that. And that's what I think good design really does. 
I think so a good that, design, a lot of designers can make a space pretty, but if you can make a space loved, that's kind of cool. So, what is the least important thing that you think when you're doing a bathroom remodel? Mm, the least important thing. I mean, honestly, I, this isn't the least important thing, but this is an interesting thing. I think. And now I'm going to have realtors that are listening here are going to get upset with me on this one. That's okay. I think I, everyone has opinions. It, it, That's really okay. Sure, I think. But, but there's an actual definition that of what a whole a full bathroom is, which includes a shower, a tub, a toilet, a sink. Yes. And I've done this poll. You can't imagine how many people I've polled. Thousands during my time renovating bathrooms. And whether I'm speaking to a couple hundred people at a trade show interviews, walking the aisles at home improvement stores, every episode I've done. I'm going to say if I have pulled it, you know, hold it to someone to say, how many times a week do you take a bath? How many times a month do you take a bath? I get maybe four or 5% of the people I'm talking to say they use a bathtub at all. So for Wait, me, you say they, they again, don't use a bath? Don't use a bathtub at all. They don't interrupt with, interact with the Well, bathroom. you're talking they to a person who uses it all the time, so I guess that's And that's exactly, and that's, the, and that's the thing. So if you do it, if you are a tubber, um, and I use tub as a verb here, if you're a tubber, you should get the most killer soaking tub that's beautiful. It's, it's lined in volcanic crushed, you know, limestone that keeps the water warm, all of it. Enjoy that experience. But if your bathtub is sitting there catching wet towels from all the showers you take and you don't use it at all and the jet tubes are growing mold and it's keeping you because the big real estate suck in a small room. You're talking about 20, 25 feet a bathtub can take up in floor space. If that keeps you from having the shower of your dreams, I don't know. It's your bathroom. Build a killer shower. I don't no, but that's think why it's very... needs to be a required amenity. That's, that's my why... opinion. I'm sure that you sit down with your clients and you really find out what's important to them because, you know, when, like I'm in the business, so a lot of people are fine with just showers, like crazy great showers with. Yeah. But for me, if I didn't have a bathtub, I wouldn't buy the house. I, uh, that, there you go. But that's just me. So I think that's... Oh, you know, you know what? I'll, 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 let me follow up that. Let me answer that question one other way. But least, at least bang for your buck something you think you want, but you really don't. My opinion, again, is going into the shower, body sprays. I'm going to say body, people think they want them, and oh, we I put know. them in. They're very expensive to buy. They're very expensive to plumb in. They experience them once or twice. It feels like you're in a car wash, and you're getting blasted with water from everywhere. And you can really only do it for about 20 seconds. <laughs> you can Matt, really only handle it for about 20 seconds. A lot of people don't use them anymore. Matt. I was one of those suckers mm -hmm. that did that when I did I, when I remodeled my whole house. <laughs> so I have all those fancy things, and you are absolutely right. I might have used them You're once or it. twice. <laughs> okay, yeah. and they cost a <laughs> lot of money. I knew I'd find it. You did. <laughs> you did. Okay. Uh, you know. So so when you sit down with a client, you ask some questions, and do you recommend mm -hmm. things? Do you have any favorite products? And what kind of oh, like my. trends are you seeing with bathrooms renovations? Oh, I would love to answer the trend question. Here's my trend answer. And this my trend answer is funny. It's it, it's it's stayed the same for about 15 years now. Um, I dislike the term trend. Okay. <laughs> and I dislike it because for two reasons. One, 
it implies whatever I come up for you and label it trendy will cease, will end. It will You're cease right. to be cool. Two, a trend to me says that I need to rely on someone else's opinion to tell me what I think is cool. And I don't like either of those things. Like my first question when I sit down with a client is never, have you, you know, give me some, rip, some, some magazine tear off of something you think is cool. What's your favorite color? Skip that. I, my first question when I, ever, I, when I work with a client is, tell me about your routine. Tell me about your morning routine, your evening routine. And I let them talk. I, I take that all in. And then the next question I always ask is, all right, <laughs> and forgive me for the brevity of this, request of, this, of this next moment, but I ask them, all right, what, I usually say, what, you know, what's terrible about it? What sucks about your routine? Because if I can find out, like, oh, God, I get up in the morning. I live in the Midwest. I stand at that threshold between my carpeted bedroom and my tile bathroom, and I, it's above an unfinished garage, and I know that tile's freezing, and my whole body tenses up. I can go, great, solvable problem. In-floor heat, we take it away, we make your life better. Cool, we've just made your morning better, which means your day might be better now. I am so much more excited about solving experiential problems with design than Matt, you have to come on style. again. I don't think we even touched the surface. <laughs> How does someone reach you? Uh, Instagram's the easiest way to find me, Matt J. Minster, M-U-E-N-S-T-E-R. Find me there, and um, I, you know, I've, I've pared down my social media <laughs> quite a bit. So, but uh, my website, mattminster, mattminster.com. Check me out. Matt, please, you were a great guest, and we have so much more to talk about. I've been in business a long time. Bathrooms are so important, and I love your approach. Love it. Sorry, nice to meet you. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Portions of Eye on Real Estate sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.